Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Most people come to Christ through lifestyle evangelism. Say, Pastor Mark, what is it? Well, many times we'll go out to the streets. We call it cold witnessing. It's great. We challenge people. We set up booze, whatever. We reach a lot of people like that. We reach people in the church. But Paul was sitting there and he just becomes friends with these guys. Over time, they just begin to ask him, well, how can you be so joyful you're here? And he begins to share. So how do you know I do it? Do we have to go to prison, put a chain on to do that? No, we have to be friends with our neighbors and our relatives and the people at work. It seems that we in America have a skewed view of evangelism. People tend to think of Billy Graham or Greg Laurie speaking to thousands of people at one time, or the day of Pentecost where Peter led 3,000 to Christ. Pastor Mark is reminding us that the Apostle Paul was leading the soldiers that guarded him to Christ, maybe even one at a time. Most salvation experiences are a result of a one-on-one encounter, One friend leading another friend to Christ. All it takes is your willingness to be used by God and loving your neighbors enough to help keep their souls from perishing in hell. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Humbly Confident. Notice, Christ is the vine. In this allegory, we're the branches. Now, a branch has one purpose, to bear fruit. We hold the fruit. Understand, we don't produce spiritual fruit. The vine does that. So here's what I want you to write. This will destroy your ineffectiveness. This will make you much more productive. Christ followers are not self-sufficient. You can't do this thing alone. We're Christ-sufficient. That's the way it was always built. It's because we're linked to his life and linked to his power that we have sufficiency. Paul says, look, I can do all things, eternal things, things that matter, through him who strengthens me. I can't do it myself, but with him I can do anything. I'm connected, I'm dependent on Christ, and when I'm abiding in him, his power enables me to do whatever he asks me to do. Now, Paul knew that he could not do everything, but he could only do those things that God empowered him to do. That's huge. Write this down. Pride steps out when God hasn't spoken. Pride steps out when God hasn't spoken. See, some people never reach their potential because what they're trying to do, God's not called them to do. 
If you're a 3A, a 4A, a 6A personality, how many of those do we have here? Can I see your hand? 2A, 3A, 4A, you're a go-to person. Give me something and I'll do it. Let me see your hand. Come on, be real. Now, see, you married somebody else that's more like... And you know why you married them? To hold you back and give you a little balance. Otherwise, you have a heart attack at 12. Am I right? How do I know that? Because I'm the 4A and my wife's more the holder back. She just holds me back. She balances me out. But see, the more self-sufficient you are, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. The little engine that could. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So, what does it mean everything? If pride steps in, you'll step to places God's never called you to. So here is what I want you to write. This is hugely important if you're going to reach your potential. When Paul says all things, here's what he means. All that God has planned for me, not you, God's will for me. That's why when a need is presented, you just can't go, I'll do it. I'll do it. No prayer. I'll do it. No, you can't do it. You're not called to do it. You can't do everything. The mission trip we're on right now. Just think about that. The mission trip that's down there. What do we have down there? God designed you and I as a body of believers. He gifted different people to do different things. We work together. A foot can't be a nose. A nose can't be an eye. Now think about the medical team that's down. You know, we just had one that went to Guatemala. We just had another one that was in Mexico. Now we have the one in Haiti. Think of the medical team. If you're down there, we have doctors, dentists, and medical people, and then we have pastors and elders. Can you imagine Pastor Dave doing surgery on somebody down there? Well, the only reason he'd do that because he could bury them then and do the funeral. Because he's not gifted to be a doctor or a surgeon. But the surgeon isn't gifted to be a pastor teacher. So you're not gifted to do it. Everything doesn't mean everything. It only means that which God calls you to do. Now, some of you are going to say, well, God doesn't call me to do anything. (laughs) I have your category coming up. Just wait. (laughs) It's coming. And you'll know who you are when I get there. Hallelujah. Now, what do do I mean by that? Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification, our sufficiency comes from God. Paul knew he couldn't do everything. But what God called him to do, he was sufficient for it. He could do it because of the power of God. Our sufficiency comes from God. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. I'm humbly confident I'm humbly confident. Go ahead, just turn to your neighbor. Now, those of you that are prideful are going to say what? I'm confident. Those of you that, aren't, that don't want to do nothing, I'm humble. No, the title of today's teaching is, I'm humbly confident. I know that I can only do what God empowers me to do. But I can do it. So I have a great amount of confidence, but I understand my humility comes because I can't do that by myself. 
So first huge thing that will keep you is you think you're self-dependent. You think you're, you just have that ability yourself to just go in and do whatever. It will never happen in your life. Number two, danger. Sometimes I'll never reach my potential because there's always some circumstance in my life. Something not really happening, and so I just never go for it. So danger number two says this, I'm limited by my circumstances and my abilities. If that is your reasoning this morning, Paul would have written verse 13 like this. I put the Balmer translation. I can do all things through Christ when I get out of these chains. When I get out of these chains, I can do for it. Until then, can't do anything for Christ. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. You see, understand, go back to Philippians 4.13. You had your finger there, right? Good. 4.13. Remember now where Paul is. Paul's in Rome. He's in chains. He's in a house. He's under house arrest. He'll be there for two years. Every uh, four to eight hours, he has a guard switch hands. And he's always in chains to a guard. He's limited to that house arrest. He doesn't know if he's ever going to be free. He doesn't know if he's going to be killed. But Paul is convinced he can do. He writes while he's there, I can do everything. He he doesn't say, when the circumstances change. No, right where he is, whatever God asks him to do, he can do. So some of you are using that excuse today. I want to talk to you about that. That's a lame excuse. It's not right. Now, what had God asked Paul to do while he was in prison? What did Paul do for those two years he was there? Well, you're in the right book. Just turn to Philippians chapter 1. You're right there. There's three chapters back. Philippians chapter 1 and go down to verse 12. Verse 12. Let me talk to you a little bit about the Apostle Paul. What was the Apostle Paul really gifted at? Well, he was gifted at traveling. Paul had three, some people believe, four missionary journeys. He would just go out on a big journey and take a couple of young pastors with him, and they would establish churches from scratch. He'd go into pagan areas, win people to Christ, establish the church, set up the leadership, teach them, leave them, and go on. And later, he would go back, maybe on one of his next journeys, and he would encourage them and support them and challenge them, get their doctrine corrected, kind of got off on whatever. Paul was like the ultimate frequent flyer guy, 2,000 years ago. He was always on the go. Well, where is he now? In prison, chained. Can't leave the house for two years. So Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ. I hate being here, but I'll do something. No, he knows he's there in the perfect will of God. So what does he do there? Well, he listens to what God says, and he does it. Look at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, he's writing to the church at Philippi, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Paul, are you kidding me? You're not on the road. You're not. No, no. What's happened to me has caused the gospel to advance. Notice. He's always concerned about the gospel, preaching, teaching the gospel, the good news, people coming to salvation. So Paul says God was for him. 
He, he knows that these current circumstances are not restrictive, but God has him here to do anything that God asks. Paul didn't feel chained, but free to continue to be what Jesus wants. He's reaching his potential. What is one of the things Paul did during those two years? He wrote in your Bible the books of Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, and Philippians during that time in prison. Now think about that. 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote the book of Philippians. What are we studying this morning? The book of Philippians. Here we are, 2,000 years later, and we're being encouraged to do everything we can do to reach the potential God has for us. 2,000 years later, while he's chained. That's amazing. How did it happen? Because he didn't pay any attention to his circumstances. You got it? They didn't enter into his mind. Now, what does that mean? That God didn't waste his time there. God never wastes our time. Which one of these two options this morning do you think is correct? Number one, I will do what God wants me to do when my circumstances approve. Pastor Mark, I'll definitely begin to, uh, well, reach my potential for Christ when, when my babies get into the kindergarten. Then they're not in the home. Then I can do some things. Pastor Mark, I'll reach it when my teenager finally graduates. Pastor Mark, I'll reach it when we finish this house. We're kind of doing a remodeling project right now and just kind of have to do it. Pastor Mark, I'm, uh, I'm working two jobs. I really don't have time to do too much now. But when my circumstances... Pastor Mark... Every one of those is nothing but an excuse. Paul's in prison and he writes four books of the Bible. He didn't look at it as restrictive. So Paul never would have said number one. If that's you, you will never reach your potential. You're just playing games with God. Well, I'm going to get really serious with God. I'll get water baptized when I get around to it. That's foolish. All you have is today. That's all I have. Here's what Paul would have said. I will obey God now and look for God opportunities in my current circumstances. See, Paul knew the heart of God. Paul knew the gospel needed to be advanced. Paul knew that lost people matter to God. So he isn't going to wait till he gets out of jail to be able to do something. Let me ask you a question. What circumstance are you waiting for before you obey God? Some of you are not a Christian yet. You can say, well, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to party, 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 hardy. And then when I get really old, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to come to salvation. Really? You know how your life's going to go, huh? Afraid not. By the way, you're missing out on the real party. The real party is serving Jesus Christ. Your emptiness will never compare. Some of the rest of you, you just think about it. Take a moment and think about it. Well, look at verse 13. Paul says, while I'm in prison, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains <laughs> for Christ. That's a different way to look at it. While changed, what happened? When he was chained, what happened? Here's what happened. Paul 
would witness to these guards that he was chained to. They would come in rotations, as I said, and they'd say to him, what are you doing writing? Well, I'm writing a letter to some friends. Well, where are they? Well, over there. Well, how did you come to meet them? Well, I started a church here. A church? What's a church? They're pagans. They don't know anything about Jesus. So what does he do over time? All the things that he's doing when he's talking with them, we call it friendship evangelism. It's a great way for your neighbors to know who you are. So these guys, as he's talking to them over time, many of the Roman guards become believers. And what happened is they go out into the community. They go out into the community and look up a church. Paul says, you got to get to this little home group over here in Rome, and you'll see what happens. And they go to the home group. And as soon as they get in the home group, the person says, wow, you're new. How did you get here? There's probably 12 people. There weren't buildings like this. There were a little home group of Christians in Rome, and they're scared to death because they see where Paul is. And he would come in and say, how'd you get here? And he said, well, I'm one of the guards for the Apostle Paul. You mean the Apostle Paul shared with you? Well, yeah, he shared the gospel with me. Really? Look what happens as a result of this. But I want you to see what Paul was. What did Paul call himself? A prisoner of what? Take a look. A prisoner of Jesus Christ? Who was he a prisoner of? Rome. Who was he really a prisoner of? Jesus Christ. See, God will never take us somewhere that isn't the will of God for us. He didn't look himself as restrictive. He looked at it as what? A total open door. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't think I want to be that. No, you want to be under God's control. You want to be under the hand of the Lord. Paul knew that God was in control of his life in every aspect of that. So the word of God... For Paul, even though Paul's changed, the word was never changed. Even though Paul was changed, guess what else never changed? Because of that, because of that, one more thing happened. Paul could pray. Do you know that prayer is never changed by any circumstance, no matter where you are? We can pray for anybody, anywhere. Anywhere. That's why I've asked you to pray for me. That's my whole purpose to challenge you this morning. To reach your potential. Your potential is to reach Jesus' people. And who are those people? Every person that came to this world. There's more than 2 billion people that don't know Jesus Christ. Your job, your responsibility, your potential is absolutely tied in with that. We can tell you how to do it. We can help you how to do it. You simply have to do it. Well, look at verse 14. Because of my chains... Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God. Look at this. More courageously and fearlessly. Write this down. Humble confidence is infectious to others. Remember what I told you? Paul says the people in Rome were afraid in the home groups. They weren't sharing. They were afraid. But all of a sudden, this guard comes in and he, how did you get here? Well, you got saved. Apostle Paul, he shared with me in prison. And then they're going, well, wait a minute. If Paul shared with you in prison and he's a chain, I don't have any excuse. So they became bold. They became open. They began sharing the gospel. God knew exactly what he was doing. 
And again, so I want to just challenge you. They're saying, I'm free to go anywhere in Rome. Paul's in jail, and he's winning more than we are, and we're free to go from 12 home groups all over. What? Something's wrong with this picture. Guys, we're free through the Internet and through lots of other mechanisms to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Be bold. Be confidently bold to go and reach them for Christ. So number two, don't let your circumstances stop you from reaching your potential for Jesus Christ. By the way, what Paul did in that room was called lifestyle evangelism. Most people come to Christ through lifestyle evangelism. Say, Pastor Mark, what is it? Well, many times we'll go out to the streets. We call it coal witnessing. It's great. We challenge people. We set up booze, whatever. We reach a lot of people like that. We reach people in the church. But Paul was sitting there and he just becomes friends with these guys. Over time, they just begin to ask him, well, how can you be so joyful if you're here? And he begins to share. So how do you know I do it? Do we have to go to prison, put a chain on to do that? No, we have to be friends with our neighbors and our relatives and the people at work. And here's what I would encourage you to do. We're getting ready to summer. Have a barbecue in your house. Invite some neighbors that you know around. They don't go to church, whatever. Just invite them in and begin to get to know them. Have some fun. Put a little time. Bake some things special. Invite them into your house. Get to know your neighbors and friends. Have a party at work. Bring them in your house. By the way, when you bring them in your house or your backyard and you have the barbecue grill going on, don't have the big TV going with Pastor Balmer. There he is. Look at the video. Would you just sit down and watch the video while I cook the hamburgers? Don't do that. That's ridiculous. Just talk to him about life and you don't even have to mention the Lord initially. And then what happens? When they're hurting, guess who they come back to? You. Because we're the only ones, you have to believe it, that have the answers to life. Be there for them. Encourage them. This is my third one. It's called apathy. Apathy. Here's what I want you to write. Here it is. Complacency, danger number three. Now, why would I call that a danger? Here's what you want to write under it. Contentment doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Some of you go like this. Man, I like Paul. I've learned to be contented. Me too. What are you doing? Nothing. I just love watching TV. Just sitting in the back part. What are you doing for Christ? Man, I'm contented. Don't bother me. I'm fine. That's not at all what Paul said. You can't reach your potential by doing nothing. To get saved, I can't do anything. After I get saved, I can do all things. It's a huge difference. Remember that pride steps up because God hasn't spoken. I just step out myself. But apathy refuses to step out when God has spoken. Turn with me to Ephesians 3.16. Sometimes we're apathetic or we're complacent because we do not understand the power and the resources of God. Today, Pastor Mark taught some things that might have been difficult to hear. No one likes to be told that they're not in control of their life. But in the case of Christ followers, that is the reality. As you learn to depend on God for your strength day by day, Rather than trying to figure life out yourself, 
you'll find that although life might not be easy, you'll have God's peace in your heart. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up the teaching, Humbly Content. He will be giving warnings against attitudes that will prevent your becoming either humble or content. Attitudes like complacency, unbelief, or feeling limited by your circumstances or abilities will definitely keep you from reaching the potential that God sees that you have. Be sure to avoid these mindsets. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.